Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Brisnet.com, PredictiveForum.com, Kentucky Derby Championship Series Preview Podcast. This week, we wind our way on the Triple Crown Trail to Arkansas for the Rebel Stakes, $900,000 race, three-year-old males now on the 16th. Final local prep for the million-dollar Arkansas Derby. Uh, Obviously, uh, any number of these horses could end up uh, maybe running three weeks from now in the Santa Anita Derby, Wood Memorial, or Bluegrass Stakes, or... Uh, wait the four weeks for the Arkansas Derby, which I'm excited to say I will be at live for my first ever trip to Oaklawn. But before we can get there, we got to get through this 14 horse field. Uh, really, uh, to me, one of the the best Kentucky Derby prep races I can remember in a while. It's a deep field. Uh, there's a lot of different looks in terms of uh, betting the, the local horses. The trifecta from the Southwest Stakes is here. Uh, the winner of the Smarty Jones, who did not run as well in the Southwest, is back. Baffert is sending uh, a horse looking for his sixth win in uh, seven Rebels. So uh, a lot of different angles. I actually like a big price, uh, which we'll get to, but uh, certainly very interested to hear what Danny Zucker thinks of the race and predict a form as well. Let's bring Danny on now. Danny, how are you? What's going on, Ed? How are you? Uh, not too bad. Uh Obviously, looking forward to this race. Uh, 14 horses, 900,000 Derby points on the line. Beyond this race, though, it's a 100-point season, really getting down to brass tacks here. Yep, yep. And I was actually, you know, uh, happy about last week. I know we talked about a bunch of horses, but the fact that, um, you know, a couple of horses we gave out ran first and second at 15 and 25 to 1 was was really good. I, I I knew Hard Aces was going to run well. I mean, I figured Melatonin would run well. We also talked about about him off of reversal, um, but it was a good it was a good you know I, I felt like we were right on top of it. I know we talked about F and X being used, but I certainly mentioned the fact that you should use Melatonin and Hard Aces as singles in the in the uh, multi. So hopefully some of our listeners got on top of that last week. Ed. Ed. Yeah, I'm here. Are you there? Yeah, you're struggling a little bit there, huh? No, I kept talking because you weren't responding to me. No, I was gone. Did you hear what I said or not? I heard what you said about melatonin and hard aces, and then I said I felt like I missed an opportunity because of Kodiak Cowboy, and I got scared off, and... It was a bad non-play on my part. Yeah, yeah. But we all make mistakes. Yeah. Right? No. Bl- yep, no blood. 
Well, another opportunity here because I, I think uh, a horse can win the Rebel at a at a big big price. Uh, sure. Really, no obvious favorites though. Uh, mm-hmm. So I'm pretty much fine starting from the the rail out unless you have any sure. general thoughts to get into that's, the field. That's fine. Nope. No, let's do that. Let's do that. All right, and uh, it's actually not really the rail because there are two uh, yep. entries. Uh, although Creator is on the rail in number one, uh, but Madcap, who is part of the entry, is in post position seven. Uh, they're six to one together. Uh, probably a little of a, a blow if you like Creator, who I'm sure will be the more fancied of the the entries uh, because he'd be a, a much higher price than six to one. But you get him with Madcap. Uh, what do you make of the one and one A? Well, it looks like they've got the right running style. You know, they've got a pair that looks like one goes to the lead and it's going to set it up for the other one. Of the two, I felt like Madcap is coming off a double top and, you know, a double top with a 10-point move at a four furlong figure and six or seven points on the top is a toss. Um, you know, I think interesting creators, like, uh, got two crescendos, you know, so it's gone from 68 to 71 over three races, then 65 to 71 over three races, um, and, eh, you know, he could be okay if he if he moves forward off this. I wouldn't, you know, I'm not crazy about him, um, but, you know, there's something interesting about maybe considering the one. I think um, in terms of the value play, we talked about this last week, and I'll talk about the value plays, but I'll also call out if I like a horse that the value plays doesn't single out for other reasons, I'll make note of it. Here we have Creator as an average play and Mad Tap as a breakout play. All right, and, uh, yeah, very uh, useful designations. And, you know, to, to me, uh, it's a player with the race analyzer, and uh, this is especially appropriate for this race because it's part of the pick four at Oak Lawn and you have 12 betting interests, which is great. Uh, you know, the, the odds, w- which you can update and plug in, and hopefully, uh, you know, down the line it will populate itself, but gives you a sense of the value, uh, the, the best bet on the board based on the odds. Uh, the, the play type, to me, uh, is great for helping you separate horses when planning your pick four ticket right, or your multi-race right. ticket because you see the contenders, uh, the two slow horses. I mean, that, to me, is as powerful as top contender. Uh, it's not out of line to see a horse you know is going to get that listed as too slow, uh, and that's a great opportunity to, you know, save some money on your ticket and not, not use overbed horses in the Maltese. So uh, a lot of great information and in ways of, of splitting the field out. Uh, and, again, that's at predictiveform.com with the race analyzer. And uh, it's also available just with the numbers if you sort by value play as well. Uh, that information is there. So check it out. Good hit, and Speaking Good of too slow, yeah. Speaking of too slow, that brings us to uh, the second uh, entry, 2 and 2X. Uh, sudden breaking news, who we'll get to at the, the end of the field, uh, was a 2X last time. He's not coupled this time. Uh, but uh-huh. the King, D-Wayne Lucas, Z-Royal, and Gray Sky, and uh, Danny Z-Royal is no Mr. Z. No Mr. Z, and both of these horses. Look, I I like... The sire of Z Royals, F. Candorea, who I really like, uh, who has sh- had moments of brilliance on the dirt, and brilliance is the ability to separate from the rest of the field. Like, I like that breeding. I don't like the figures. Uh, Gray Sky, uh, by Tappet, I mean, they're spending lots of money on Gray Sky. They spent 700000 on Gray Sky. Last race was okay. Uh, but in this field, 
I don't particularly think either of them is real competitive. Yeah, great guy to me is his biggest role might be if, uh, you know, from post-10 he guns it. Uh, despite all the horses and plenty in here have shown uh, an ability to be on or uh, I should say have shown an ability to be near the lead, very few of them have actually uh, been on it, and I, I think there's only one maybe who has actually won gate to wire. So it's an interesting pace dynamic. It does get Florent Giroux, so I think he'll have his best chance to win uh, but, yeah, he just looks a, a cup below, and maybe Lucas will take money. I hope so, because it's, it's hard to make a big case for uh, the two-entry here. Uh, so they're outside or inside, depending on how you look at it. But number three, Rallis, breaking from post position two. The long grade one winner in the field, uh, quasi-upset the hopeful, didn't show much in the champagne. His stable mate won the Breeders' Cup Juvenile. He finished last. I guess maybe he's 12 to 1 on the morning line. I actually thought maybe he'd be a little lighter than that because of the trainer and he is a great one winner. Uh, but he does look up against it here. Really, there's only the one race that was competitive, and that was, uh, you know, six months ago at Saratoga. Mm-hmm. Well, his, his lifetime final here at Saratoga was 74.6, which I'm um, just going to look at the sort here. He might have the fastest lifetime. Yeah, so he's got the fastest final lifetime. Okay, so. What that says to me is if he runs back to his best race, he could legitimately be the fastest in the field. Now, I don't anticipate that. You can see a, a slide in in uh, ability towards the back half of, of his two-year-old career. He comes out fresh. I think he's probably going to need need one. Um, nothing in his work show that he can really fire like that. You know, I'm never crazy about uh, square Eddie. Uh, but all that being said, like, he does have a, a number here that if he runs back to would be competitive. Um, you know, so if you're like one of those players that likes to really spread in a race and you're going to try to gobble up some ground here, he might not be a bad one to consider. Uh, yeah, I, w- I would agree with that. If I'm spreading in this race, I'm not going to leave out the long break one winner with the best figure. That, yep. that's definitely I mean, we have him as like uh, we're on the he's same too slow in here, Ed. We have him as the dead last runner and too slow on the uh, value place. No. Uh, we'll see what he ends up going off at. I actually think it'll be yep. lighter than 12 to 1 even. But yep. I'm with you. If you get to the point where you're using more than a third of the field, he has to be on there. He's a great one winner, and he has the number power. Uh, speaking of number power, uh, Cupid ships in. I got a, a stat for you before we get to what predictive form thing. Uh, but Cupid, with that, he has a 97 Brisnet speed rating in that maiden win, which is the best last out number in this field. And in three-year-old stakes races at Oakland, going two turns in the last four and a half seasons, I went back to 2012, the best last out speed rating in these three-year-old stakes races wins 40% of the time, which I think is a, a pretty gaudy number. Now, I ended up not picking him because I, I worry about – how much money he's going to take. I don't know. You know, he might be 5-2 to two or 3-1 to one instead of 7-2. to two. Uh, But for me, he is a top contender at the very least. Uh, he's not my pick on top, so to speak, uh-huh. but uh, he'll, he'll be in my, my Maltese, absolutely. I prefer him uh, to sudden breaking news or uh, Whitmore, who I think will be among the top choices with him. Uh, but what do you make of Cupid shipping in? Did you happen to say that Baffert's won this race the last – Six times, six of seven times, is that correct? Uh, five of six. Wow. 
That's incredible. Pretty good. Huh? At, it's like Chad a, Brown numbers in uh, in a turf uh, race or something. Like Chad Brown at Parks. Um, we we have yeah. him as a average play. I so, so he let's dissect him a little bit. His first race race out is at uh, Losal. Runs a seventy two, which is one of the faster first out figures here. Uh, pretty swift, long stretch. Comes back out, regresses a little bit off a negative pattern. They stretch him out. Probably know that that's you know that's where he is uh, going to be best suited by Tappet. So you know he can run. Runs a reversal pattern, seventy three final figure. You know it's like two different horses. That really, it's two different horses. Um, and if he comes back to that performance that he ran there. You said in 97, I see a 73 reversal. He's going to be very difficult. I would, again, consider him a, a, a horse to use. You can't discount him. Um, I get just a little discouraged by a price. Uh, you know, so as I begin to talk about the race and think about the race, I'm starting to think how I would play it or whether I would sit it out. But when when I can't toss the favorite, um, you know, i got to get a little more creative or sit the race out. I, I think the horse, to his outside discreetness, um, there's no doubt he was going to regress. I mean, if you look at his patterns, 67, 68, 74, 71, 70, 74, 67. So he regressed. I can't see him moving forward. More likely he's going to regress uh, in in reverse. Discreetness? Yeah. You mean? Yeah. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, it was, he was wide last out and did some post-relief, but... Uh, that's actually the excuse I'm using for the horse to his outside fighting spring. Uh, started his career on turf, looked pretty good. They tried him on dirt, and uh, he finished 10th. So he actually beat Rallis home. Uh, in the Southwest, his three-year-old debut, uh, post-11, he actually made, made the lead. It was a very fast pace. Uh, and from there, he, he backed out of it. But, uh-huh. you know, he, he did finish fifth. I don't think that was an embarrassing finish, given the pace. And considering who was first and second, seven breaking news in Whitmore, uh, two horses who came from the cloud, uh, I'm willing to say, hey, that, that was an okay race as a three-year-old debut. He's with a trainer you, you can trust to improve horses. Uh, I'm really interested in siding spring at, at 20 to one, especially uh, Joe Rocco stays aboard uh, 115, so he's in light versus some of these. Mm-hmm. I like what I'm seeing at a, at a big, big price. What do you think? Well, you have to like that he's running new pace top, which you know, from a figure perspective, he had turf races, which you can't really do much in here. He ran a compression line, albeit it was at the Breeders' Cup. It, it, on paper, it's a crappy race, but my figures tell me otherwise. Then his next out race, he ran a new pay stop. So he ran his fastest final figure while not regressing too much. He looked like he will step forward. It doesn't look like the only other horse, I think, in the race that's got this kind of speed up front is going to be the 1A Mad Tap. Um, so, again, a, a horse that I would consider using. We have him as our top play. The new pay stop is a strong indicator of forward progress, a stretch, especially on a stretch out. And there is something to consider about siding spring. Well, uh, good to good to hear some feathers in his cap from this corner at a big price. Uh, uh-huh. Definitely be watching the board on him. I mean, twenty to one. I'm definitely a, a believer, and just with some of the names we talked about and we'll talk about, uh, I definitely think we'll get it. Uh, another bomb to his outside, Spike Sherrill. 
uh, and definitely one I am I am not uh, is is enamored with, even with the uh-huh. gaudy thirty to one, uh, the h- highest morning line, along with Cut a Corner, who we'll get to in a bit. Uh, but Spike Sherrill does seem a, a bit up against it to me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anything uh, you're noticing that I should reconsider? No, I mean his figures are solid sixty eight, and uh, he hasn't brought so so in his case. He's got six races, and he hasn't broken 70 yet. This race is going to go 74, 75. And um, it's just not reasonable to think he's going to run out of nowhere seven points higher, six points higher than he ever has. Um, so, no, he would be a toss. Next is uh, American Dubai, which uh, I kind of wonder if he might take more money than he should because uh, of the name. American Pharaoh won this race last year, uh, very uh-huh. similar to Oakland people. Uh, Dubai World Cup is next week, uh, so maybe that's not as much a factor. But uh, he was actually just off that pace set by Siding Spring uh, and finished ahead of Siding Spring. So part of me says, why don't I like this horse more? Well, this was his you know, second star uh, he was more into his form cycle. I just think Siding Spring has more upside. American Dubai was listed in the uh, third future wager pool and went off to like 140 to 1. So not a lot of interest in him as a derby prospect from the future mm-hmm. betters. Uh, but he isn't here. Uh, he certainly will make some noise up front from an outside post. Uh, do you think he can get the job done? Well, he he ran 70 last out with a 74 and a half four furlong figure, so he's got that tactical speed. Um, his first out lifetime was a good race. I mean, it was a, a big gap between the final figure and the four furlong figure in a negative pattern, but he moved forward off that. So when horses run better, when they're not expected to run well, like, we would have thought he would have regressed in that second start in optional 62.5, and he didn't. Um, you know, I do think he's got some tactical running style, so he, I think he probably would um, rate pretty well, too, and, and it might be the case that they decide to do that with him. I don't know. He's pretty interesting to me. Um, yeah, I mean, let's get let's get through the outside a little bit more, but as we as we maybe toss a few of the, the more favorites, he's not anybody that I would draw a line through quickly. Sure. Yeah, and I mean, like I said, if I like side and spring, I mean, the race he ran was, was maybe better. It's looking at the cycle, mine at a price has a better shot. And improving. Uh, cut a corner, uh, never really picked up his feet, ninth yep. in the southwest. Uh, yep. You know, awesome. the allowance before that was okay, I guess. Uh, I'd say I prefer him to Spike Sherl among the 230 to 1 shots, uh, but would be a legitimate surprise uh, yep, for yep. me. Um, how about you? Yeah, great toss. All right. Uh, brings us uh, to Whitmore. Uh, who I definitely think has some talent, uh, gets a jockey change, Tyrod Ortiz, Mike Smith wrote him last time. Uh, so, you know, whether you see that it's positive or negative, I'm not sure. But nevertheless, uh, Irod certainly no slouch. He uh, won a points race uh, two weeks ago. Uh, actually, he was the winner on Sunny Ridge as well. So he's done well in the inner. Ships here to Oakland for this mount, Ron Moquette. Uh, seven to two, I'm not a, a big believer if sudden breaking news and Cupid take money and Whitmore drifts up to nine to two or five to one, I'm a little more interested. Uh, he does need to improve a little bit on Brisnet, though. Low 90s isn't going to get it done. Uh, but being by pleasantly perfect, I could see that happening. What do you think? Well, 
uh, excuse me, his first out lifetime was almost at 73, so his first out performance was one of the higher figures of, of the group here. And uh, more recently, he ran a reversal, which means his final figure was faster than his four furlong figure. Um, you know, he, he's gone from you know, sort of stalking to closing running style. And, um, you know, Irad tends to be more of a, a, a jock that likes to put his horses close or on versus off, right? I think that's the, the tendency you're going to see from him here. And if that's the case, being from the outside with speed inside, I think he would put his horses at a disadvantage. And if he winds up coming from off the pace, he's going to have to outkick a bunch coming from far behind. I think the – and you would tell me, Ed, tell me about the, the post position, the outside post positions at Oakland. Are they a, a significant disadvantage? No, it's uh, actually, uh, I would say, a very fair track. Mount the uh-huh. 16th this meet. Uh, 71 races and posts eight and beyond have won 11%, posts one mm-hmm. through three, 10%, posts four uh-huh. through seven, 11%. So so very even, uh, and the impact value uh, is also uh, very close to one for all posts. So it does seem okay, to, good. and 71 is a pretty decent sample size. So I, I would not uh, be worried about an outside post here. Okay, all right. In either case, I think he's going to get bet pretty good. Um, I do not like the jockey change, um, so I, I would, I think I'm kind of lukewarm on him. Yeah. All right. So you're, really... you're thinking uh, underlay, perhaps. Cherry uh, yeah. Wine uh, to his outside a horse who was in the second future wager pool uh, didn't attract a ton of money. We uh-huh. have been waiting for his debut. It looked like it might come at Gulfstream a little earlier than the well, I shouldn't say debut. He ran on January 9th. Uh, it looked like he might return a little earlier than this at Gulfstream. Uh, didn't time up well, which I don't love. Uh, you know, not that Romans won't ship his horses. He's sending a, a mare out for the Santa Margarita at Santa Anita. Uh-huh. He ships all the time. Key nights is in Dubai, et cetera. Uh, right, but, right. Oh, isn't a spot. He's been to a lot. Uh, this, this just feels like they need a race, and this was the one. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's 12 to 1. It's not the worst price in the world. But I just think with without a big number and the issues surrounding him, finding a race, uh, I'm inclined to pass. So he's he's moved forward in every race he's run with the exception of one. You know, So he's gone from basically 66 to 73 over six races with an even or forward move every race. He hasn't regressed yet. He hasn't shown any um, – he's shown forward moves, and his last move was pretty good. I mean, he improved three points from a final of 70 to 73, and his four furlong figure improved a couple points. I, you know, again, at, at a price like this, in a, in a pretty wide-open race, he would be somebody um, – like, I'm more likely to play him than I would be the horse on the outside, even though the horse on the outside has a bigger chance to win, just because of the value there. You're more likely to play Cherry Wine than who will round out the field with sudden breaking news? Yep, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know if I'd prefer Cherry Wine to sudden breaking news, but I, I definitely, I mean, maybe American Dubai, if we're talking 12 to 1 morning lines. Right, I'm the right. type who's always nervous about, uh, 
you know, when a closer makes a move like that, everyone sees it. Uh, and it, it always looks better than it is. I mean, it's just the, the way race dynamics are. Uh, it just it's dazzling, and we all fall in love with it. And to me, that just seems he's going to be over bet, and maybe he does it again. I mean, he's won six times and never been worse than second. So he's he's bringing his game every time. And, you know, he would have been a much bigger price if he weren't an entry probably. Uh, but I'm, So I'm inclined to say, okay, that was legit. It wasn't a total fluke, but I just think he's going to take too much money in here off that race. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll watch him do it again, and that's fine. But he's just one I can't play as the favorite. Yep, yep, agree, agree. So uh, circling back, like let's talk about how how we would play the race here. Um, so I guess I think the one maybe we talked about the three a bit. We talked about the six, talked about the eight, and the eleven. I would probably search for one of those guys on top. Probably not the three. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I've been well, in, yeah, into for, the multis a little bit more. And when I'm looking at a multi, I can afford to go three or four deep, especially with these prices in a race that's pretty wide open. Um, and then of the two favorites, I would like the four over Whitmore. So, or over Cupid. So maybe you do Cupid with three or the four of the bombs. We talked about last week, though, we talked about using FNX as a key, and it wound up two of the long shots came in first or second, so I don't think it can discount that happening either. Right, yeah, and, you know, it depends on, on your budget. Uh, you know, one option certainly is, uh, you know, you mentioned uh, 6, 8, 11. So if you did 4, 6, 8, 11, that's 12 bucks for an exact box uh, and then you could, you know, this way it becomes six eleven. You're set, uh, and then you, you know, key Cupid in the trifecta. So if he, mm-hmm. you know, with the, with those, he has to finish for second or third. It's sort of the the favorite you're yep. going to yep. lean on. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that that's definitely something I think I would uh, would look at. I'm not as high on cherry wine as you, but uh, you know, for me, what the price siding spring is going to be. Uh, that's a case, too, where, you know, maybe he's, I bet him across the board, and if he wins, I just take the win money, and if he's underneath Cupid, um, then that's fine, too. I, I would say that's probably the, the strategy I'll look toward. Mm-hmm. So I would probably lean towards playing a double with maybe three or four of the horses we talked about with two horses in the last race, um, those being... Um, in the last race, Goatstown uh, and Colonel Dan as the two horses I looked at in the last race. Mm, I like it. A little uh, double action to close it out, and I, I believe that's yep. a, a maiden race, uh, which is also would be the last leg of the, the pick three and pick four. So uh, big I was going to say Oakland's free this week. So if you, if you take a look at the figures for the last race on Oakland, and I'll just give you the quick once over, and you can hopefully check them out. Goatstown ran a double top, but he ran a 72.873. So his double top is two points higher. His two 
races prior was a double top, and he regressed one point. His last race is way faster than the rest of the field. Um, maybe American Pioneer a little bit, but then, you know, of course, Colonel Dan has got that uh, uh, that new pay stop. So here's my $15 double ticket. You ready, Ed, for a dollar? $15 double, let's hear it. Three, six, eight, eleven. I guess one, three, six, eight, eleven. So that's five horses in the first leg, and then two, five, ten in the second leg. So that's fifteen bucks for a dollar each. All right. And uh, no, uh, the, the the top three choices not represented in the rebel. So definitely right. a, a ticket you could do all right with. Sure. Yeah. I mean, any of those should be seventy-five north. You know, up to one twenty-five. Um, yeah, that's why I go about it. I, I rarely give out tickets. What do I know? But I was just kind of playing around halfway. You know? <laughs> no, I mean you were looking at uh, the, the last race. It's helpful, and I mean that's a, uh-huh. a good thing with uh, it being the free week. A uh, good opportunity to to play around, and maybe uh, you find a price that sticks out and make a score, and and you're hooked. And uh, I mean that's definitely what. What got me into it, I just uh, kept seeing, you know, whether it was new pace tops or just a, a highly ranked horse in the value plays, uh, they they definitely fire. So. I mean, not Again, only was, I'll tell you, last weekend, and, and we can just wrap up here, Melatonin was a reversal, but the horse that won the, I don't know, 10th race at 30-1 to 1 at Santa Anita, I don't remember his name, um, the five horse, I can't remember his name, he was the new pace top. And you know, he wasn't on the value, but he was a new pay stop. And lo and behold, he won the race. I mean, I about fell over. <laughs> you, you know, it's not like I'm not I'm watching the races and, and rooting for the horses that we like for our, our subscribers. But sometimes I was just scratching my head going, how the hell did that horse win? <laughs> I, I mean, it... <laughs> Well, the thing that fascinates me, uh, you know, I look a lot. I play Monday and Tuesday, Mahoning, Will Rogers, stuff like that. Um, and, you know, Mahoning especially, they have uh, 10-, 12-horse fields quite often. Uh, the, the, the horses that show up uh, as fringe contenders or top contenders, uh, as long shots on the value play, uh, absolutely are, are worth, uh, you know, your two bucks for a rooting interest or more if you want to try to make a score. Uh, because uh, So I guess while I'd be on the phone, if uh, you talk to your, your people, if you ever wanted to make a, a Monday or Tuesday card free, uh, I think people would be really interested to, to see how powerful this is regardless of... of Which circuit. card, Ed? Uh, I mean, I, I, I'm a Mahoning fan, so... If uh, you ever get a wild hair and want to just open the open the store for a Monday or Tuesday in Youngstown, I'll be sure to get the word out. <laughs> All right, so, my friend. Something to think about. Good. But in the meantime, uh, some some big prices uh, on offer in in the Rebel, and uh, look forward to talking next week ahead of the Louisiana Derby and hopefully uh, toasting another win. All right, man. Sounds good. Always a pleasure.
All right, Danny's up there, everyone, from predictorform.com, uh, where you go to that website, you can find Oakland reports uh, for free this week. There's the Rebel, a uh, couple other states on Saturday, great racing uh, all weekend and big pools there, so check that out. And we will be back next week, Louisiana Derby at Fairgrounds, first 100-point race, or I guess it will be the second 100-point race, the U.A. Derby's earlier in the day. Uh, but uh, down to the final preps for the Kentucky Derby, and we'll have you covered next seven weeks. Take care. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.